hear me if you can hear me say wow if you can hear me say wow wow you can hear me say wow is my voice clear can you hear me can my voice be heard can my voice be heard can my voice be heard wow so thank you so much for coming for today's seminar yesterday was awesome um we handled a lot we are still in islam in focus an islam apodidatics seminar and um, we are here to um go through the a very sensitive topic who is the true muslim who is the true muslim and yesterday being day one this is a three-day seminar which we are put things in place to go through who the true muslim is and how we can approach the systems of the world and yesterday we go to understand that the focus of this program is not to classify a particular religion as good or bad but to give us so that we can be able to make judgments ourselves and take certain things into consideration we need to know why we believe what we believe we need to know why we do the things we do and that is why this program is on board to give us the tools and the evidences in making decisions concerning our faith i hope you are here so um this seminar is for both every religion muslims christians and everyone so that we can be able to appreciate whatever faith we have so a short recap on yesterday's own the recordings are there um we've we've published them but we are here to release them on facebook for people to have access as we also said if you have any question you will address it appropriately protocol sessions so let's um take note of that so all questions are supposed to go to
yeah so all all questions are supposed to go there so you whatsapp the questions to the number and we will address it accordingly so let's take note of that so yesterday we spoke about a lot of things so we spoke about the arabic meaning of islam and we got to know that islam talks about submission and we got to know what goes into submission and we got to know that submission opens door for supervision but before i continue i want to give five minutes for somebody to share what he or she learned yesterday so what did you learn yesterday can you call in and share with us what did you learn yesterday 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 What did you learn yesterday? Please call in and share with us. Can you call in and share with us what you learned? What did you learn? Oh, within the next five minutes, let's clear this. What did you learn yesterday? Anyone? What did you learn yesterday? Oh. So so we didn't learn anything. Oh come on. Let's let's not do that. What did you learn yesterday? Let me see whether you got it so that I'll know how to start today. What did you learn yesterday? Call in and share with us. And share with us. Okay, so what did you learn yesterday? Let's hear you. Hallelujah. Okay. Please. Yesterday. Wrong greeting. I said share I what you learned. That. Yesterday I learned that. Uh, the supreme being of the Bible and the supreme being of the Quran uh, are not the same. And one, the supreme being of the Bible has a son, and the son, if you if you don't pass through the son, you not get to the father and if you, you do, if you deny the son you deny the father as well but the supreme being of the quran does not acknowledge any son and the highest form of relationship you can have with him is the self is a slave which you cannot cross he cannot have a son and so there is a difference between these two supreme beings 
Okay, thank you very much. You can drop your call. Anyone, share with us what you learned yesterday. What did you learn? What did you learn? What did you learn? Let's let's be quick. We don't have much time. What did you learn? What did you learn? Please, let's hear you. Let's hear you, please. My network is killing me. What I learned yesterday is that um, a god or god is a title of which um, one of the attributes to a title of a god is that um, a god has no equal and that uh, number two, god doesn't have any good reason to be many. Number three is that um, it is common sense that God that God is one and also um, I learned to please we are, we are listening Hello, are you there? Okay. The last person, can we take, can we get a lady? Share with us what you learned yesterday. Any ladies to share with us? Any ladies to share with us? What did you learn yesterday? Okay, um, yesterday I learned that it's impossible for two entities to be in rulership. And so there's the need for just one entity to be in rulership. And so when we take um, the Islamic religion, they have Allah to be their entity and then Christians also have God to be their entity in rulership and so it's just one person or one entity that has to be in rulership and so that's what I heard yesterday okay wow what did you also learn let's take one lady last lady then we start what did you also learn Let me see whether I have good students in the house. What did you also learn? Okay, so I also learned that um, the the supreme being of the Bible said, um, whoever doesn't believe in the Son and the Father is an antichrist. And as Bar Philip said, the supreme being of the Quran 
said there is no father relationship and the highest we can go with the all merciful god of the quran is to be slaves but the supreme being of the bible did say that there is a father and son relationship and those that don't believe in it they are the antichrist amen wow 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 that's powerful so um these are some of the few things we learned yesterday and today so yesterday we began talking about issues about islam the absoluteness of the submission when it comes to islam meaning and we spoke about the fact that in as much as there is submission then there's a need for us to get entities in authority before submission can be perfected so that is what led us to the issue of the supreme being that if we are practicing islam in a proper way then practicing islam in its proper way demands total submission and this total submission is absolute and it, it being absolute means that it is fully supposed to be done in thoughts in word and in deed and the issue of total submission preludes that there is a need for us to get an entity in authority and since we are dealing with the universe as a whole then the question of the supreme being is raised so that is what led us to that where we have allah in the in the quran and we have yahweh in the bible and we went on to see whether they are the same or they are the, they are different because if per the demands of submission and per the practice and the framework of islam these two deities or these two people classified as supreme being must be the same but upon yesterday's investigation we realized that they were not the same and we also know that there should be one supreme being over every particular domain so it becomes a question that then who are we supposed to submit to then from there we can be able to raise the proper meaning of islam because you cannot have perfect submission when there is a question on the entity to be submitted to there should be clear definitions there should be clear mentioning of who we are supposed to submit to so today we are going to go further into the issue to see who a muslim is before we can know who a true muslim is we need to understand who a muslim is what are the characteristics of muslims or how do we identify muslims and i told you yesterday that every religion is based or has its own supernatural origin and because of that it means that every religion has its own sources of authority which becomes its framework of actions which becomes its framework of activities and practices so we will be basing most of our argument on the bible and the quran since we are doing a comparative studies where we are analyzing two issues which seem similar 
but in some point they are different now we also know that we often hear muslims and followers of islam make so many claims that you are a follower of islam or you are a muslim if you exclusively follow the path that has been laid by muhammad prophet muhammad peace be upon him so it means that it means that all other religions are branded as what we call the kafir the kafir or what we call the infidels or unbelievers if those teachings or those practices fall outside the teachings or the path of muhammad prophet muhammad so it means that in the eyes of those who claim to be muslims unbelievers are doomed for hell because they have deviated from the path of islam and that islam is talking about the teachings of prophet muhammad so we need to be able to know whether this position has been claimed outside is true or is that is what the the holy quran revealed then we will enter the quran to see who is a true muslim then we'll be able to know the conclusion of the matter and the issue of muhammad are we here are we here so we are going to do a very thorough study today today is going to be very very studious and thorough so i want you to follow carefully because i told you this is we are making logical arguments we are bringing evidences on boards so that we people the ordinary people can be able to take a decision so from today you're not going to be a muslim not necessarily because your parent is you're not going to be a muslim not necessarily because you have been you are following certain practices blindly but you are going to know the true essence of your faith and why you do what you do in the same vein for our christian brothers and sisters you are not also going to follow the faith that you are in blindly but you're also going to know what it is and why you do the things you do and when this understanding is made clear you will not condemn a particular practice blindly you will not say that these people are going to hell you know you, you know you see muslims telling christians they are going to hell we see christians telling muslims they are going to hell and all these things hell 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 is all about what it takes for us to be able to walk in the islam being perpetuated so we are here to make a sound argument everyone here on this platform must be able to argue the case well by making a very thorough comparative studies to know what is going on in the person's path of faith and this is something you must do to help you be able to understand so now let's start now let's start so we know that can we flow please don't give me a don't give me a dial atmosphere i beg you help me out i'm, I'm not um f- help me out pa. yeah help me out powerful 
yeah so so yesterday we made a very um, comparative statement so we got to know that the supreme being in islam is different from the supreme being in the christendom and we also got to know that god ought to be one according to the definition called god so which one are we supposed to submit to and yesterday don't forget the ball follow the ball yesterday we got to know that the arabic root word for explaining and the derivative intent for islam is submission is total submission not necessary that means that everything you are doing in the place of islam must denote submission so your five daily prayers your ablution going to mecca the kind of dress code everything you do is to reflect the true intent of islam which is total submission and we got to know yesterday that this total submission must be absolute must be absolute it must not be relative you don't have you don't have your own choice like you don't choose your side you don't determine how it should run when we say something is absolute it means that it does not require your opinion on how it's supposed to run so you don't determine how islam is to you no but rather you rather build on how things have been structured and how things have been made so according to the true essence of islam which is total submission then it means that this becomes the foundational element for everyone who claims to be a muslim to walk in anyone who claims to be a muslim to walk in now we also know that anyone who is not following this path is doomed for hell according to the quran anyone who is not following this path is an unbeliever and the person is doomed for hell so it means that we must be able to really establish the fact and what true islam is then from there we can know those who is a true or muslim and those who are not muslims and those who are not muslims so that is what we are doing today so today we are going to go deeper and yesterday before i ended we got to know that the supreme being because we can't talk about submission without talking about somebody in authority okay so anytime there's submission there's supervision submission goes with supervision so we, we got to know yesterday that since submission goes with supervision then there cannot be supervision without an entity in authority there must be somebody in authority who is serving as the supreme being that we are submitting to so yesterday we made a claim that if there is an object of worship then there is a subject to worship if there is an object of worship then there is a subject to worship so that means that we must be clear to define what the subject of worship is we must be clear to define what the subject of worship is and with that we can be able to establish our true and the framework for our submission because we said we got to know yesterday by the rules of logic and philosophy and rationality that there cannot be proper submission to an object of worship if the subject to worship is not clearly defined i'm making it again there cannot be proper submission to an object of worship if the subject to worship if the subject to worship is not clearly defined are we following are you following i hope you are making notes i hope you are sharing some of them on your statuses wow 
Are you following? Let's flow. Let's flow. Let's flow. Wow. I like it already. I like it already. Do you like it? <laughs> I like it already. So there must be clear definition. There must be clear definition. And yesterday, through our studies, we also got to know that. So here we have different subjects to worship. We have Allah, we have Yahweh. And before we got there, we got to know that in pride they were supposed to be the same. Because Christians claims to serve the, the same God. Muslims claim to serve the same God. So that means that in true essence of submission, the subject to worship must be the same. But yesterday upon the step, we realized that the entity in the supreme being or as the supreme being in Islam and Christians, they were different. That means that now there should be a clear definition of the subject we are supposed to worship. So that leads to a very serious question. Who is the true God to be worshipped? Who is the true God to be worshipped? Who are we supposed to worship? Are we supposed to worship the God of the Bible or we are supposed to worship the God of the Quran? Who are we supposed to worship? Let's take this short interlude. I'll be right back.
Okay, so we are back. <laughs> Thank you for waiting. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Inshallah, inshallah. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salah. I'm love it. I'm love it. I'm love it. I'm love it. So let's continue our discussion. So <laughs> yeah. It's getting it's getting hotter and interesting. <laughs> it's gotten hotter and interesting. You see, we must come to a point where you must know why you do the things you do. And you must come to a point where you know what you are doing. And not because of certain things that are influencing you. Because you should know that any action you are taking as a human being goes with a particular consequence. And some of these consequences bring certain things that you are supposed to pay for. At the end of the day, the one who is going to account for the life that you are living is not going to somebody, it's going to be yourself. So it should come to a point where you should be able to decide and understand and compare issues concerning your life so you can know what you are doing not because of an influence of parent or fear of certain things no not fear for certain no you must come to the point where you know and you are convicted about the decision you have taken and i think this is something that most people have not done and i know at the end of this three days seminar somebody is going to take a decision and know what side the person should belong to okay so we said who is the true god to be worshipped i said that for us to be able to really have a perfect object to worship there must be a clear definition of the subject to worship please try your best and and get the choice of words i'm using because if you don't take care, you may use something else and it may bring a lot of things for yourself. Understand and know my choice of words. In the field of apologetics, your choice of words are very important. If you are not able to use the right words to explain what you want to do, you create problem for yourself. So make sure you understand. And I'm careful with the words I'm using. So let's be careful. And don't imply things I didn't imply. I'm, I'm, I'm very careful. That's why I'm taking it slowly to explain things to you so that we can be able to understand the point that we are trying to make. I hope you are here. Now, let's continue. So, we know that it is strongly believed in, in most Muslim circles that all prophets of God were Muslims. It is something that is believed that all prophets of God were Muslims. And many also believe that even Islam began from the time of Adam. 
Islam began from the time of Adam. That Islam even began from the time of Adam. And most people also argue that Islam did not just begin with Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, but was rather perfected during his time. Now let's read something from Surah 5 verse 3. Surah 5 verse 3. I told you this is a comparative study, so we are going to compare these holy books in order to see the truth. Surah 5 verse 3. Surah 5 verse 3. Those with the scriptures help us with the posting. Surah 5 verse 3. And let's read. Surah 5 verse 3. Surah 5 verse 3. Let's, let's get it quickly. Okay. Forbidding to you for food are dead meat, blood, the flesh of swine, and that on which had been invoked the name of other than Allah, that which had been killed by strangling and by a violent blow, or by the headlong fall, or by being gored to death, that which had been partially eaten by wild animals, unless ye are unable to slaughter it in due form, that which is sacrificed on stones altars, forbidden also in the division of meat, by raffling with arrow. Oh, which, no, I don't think what you posted is different. Okay. Okay, that is impiety. Now, the place that I want to read. This day I have I perfected your religion for you. Please, Allah is talking. Are you following? Are you following? That this day have I perfected your religion for you. So Allah was speaking to Muhammad. And he said that this day have I perfected the religion for you. So this impridely speaks of the fact that the religion was there before Prophet Muhammad came. For you to perfect something means that the thing was there but it wasn't in its truest shape or it wasn't in its fullness or it wasn't in its absolute understanding so there's a need for me to perfect it are we are we following are we following so in this scripture we see allah telling prophet muhammad peace be upon him that he is perfecting his religion for him completed my favor upon you and have chosen you islam as your religion so the quran please be pasting the scripture for us quickly so we see that the quran was trying to bring on board that he has perfected islam to him he said have and have chosen for you islam as your religion but in any if any is forced by hunger with inclination to transgressing allah is indeed of forgiving most merciful so it was allah who chose the religion we are supposed to practice and that religion is islam so it is clear that the religion that the supreme being has prescribed for people to walk in is islam and what is islam total submission total submission that means that prophet muhammad wasn't actually the icon for the for the practice of the islam but he himself was also supposed to also walk in this religion are, are you following he said my favor upon you and have chosen for you islam as your religion so 
it also means that prophet muhammad himself must suppose was supposed to practice islam because islam was already existing before he came please follow the argument are you following he said this day have i perfected the religion for you which religion islam so that means that islam was already in existence the religion of islam was already in existence before prophet muhammad came on board per day and it was out of this scripture that uh, most muslims believe that all prophets were muslims and even islam began from the time of adam and it is clear that islam was in existence and prophet muhammad was selected as somebody to perfect now when you go to the christian circles we say that jesus is the perfecter of the faith in the book of hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 so in the hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 let's make let's make a comparison here are we following at all are you following uh so let's follow let's follow hebrews 12 verse 1 let's follow hebrews 12 verse 1 Hebrews 12, verse 1. Verse 2. Verse 2, rather. Let's go to verse 2. It says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So, in the Christian, in the Christian dome or in the Christian circles, Jesus is not just a perfecter of the faith of the Christian, but he is the author. So, we, got to, we get to know that the Jesus in the Christian religion, Jesus wasn't a perfecter. But he rather altered Christianity. He rather altered the Christianity. Are we following? So Jesus is the author, the founder of the Christian religion. And he too is also the perfecter of the Christian religion. But going back to the Quran, Surah 5 verse 3, we got to know that Prophet Muhammad wasn't the founder. Follow. But rather the perfecter of islam it means that islam was already in existence please be giving us the scriptures surah 5 verse 3 so it means that islam was already in existence and islam was given to muhammad as a religion to practice so it's like um you are in your house you are in your house and it's like your grandfathers have been engaging in a particular activity and maybe it got to you and they said that my son from today this is the way you are supposed to live and you are the one to perfect it i've perfected this activity for you so it's like the religion as islam was something that was given to muhammad prophet muhammad to also practice that anyone who follows muhammad becomes automatically a practitioner of the religion of islam so that means that He's just playing a role as somebody who carries the, 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 the perfection of the religion, not necessarily the founder. Because from the scripture that we read from the Quran, it shows you that Islam was already in existence. Islam was already in existence. Say, this day have I perfected your religion for you. It means that it was there. Yeah. Okay, you give another verse. She said, This day have those who rejected, who reject faith, given up all hope on your religion. 
yet fear them not but fear me this day have i perfected your religion for you so it means that the religion was there and people were rejecting it my favor upon you and have chosen for you islam as your religion so that means that from this scripture it is clear that even prophet muhammad was supposed to practice islam and what is that islam submission to allah 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 so we can make an argument that supposing all the prophets were muslims including jesus christ who came before muhammad and all that islam existed even at the time of adam then who was the founder of islam if islam existed and we are saying that all those who came before prophet muhammad were muslim then who is the founder of islam because from the scripture we got to know that it is clear from the quran that muhammad prophet muhammad is not the founder of islam but uh, allah rather perfected the religion for him and gave the religion to him to practice himself so who is the founder of islam who obviously the founder of islam will be allah because <laughs> So obviously, it will be Allah. Well, it's not said in anywhere in the Quran, so we can't make such conclusion. But um, obviously, he is the one. But we can't do it. So we can't claim that Prophet Muhammad was the originator of Islam. Maybe at best, what we can see that he was the one who was called the perfecter of the religion. He was called the perfecter. Of the religion but we can say that he's the originator but in the christian religion we realize that it was clearly stated that jesus christ is the author the originator the source and the perfecter of the faith but it wasn't so when it come to the so when we when you that you see that now you're getting to know that when you went to school and you were doing rme and they taught you religions of the world and they added founders and they wrote christianity founder jesus christ um islam founder muhammad it was error because muhammad never founded islam he was rather the perfecter of islam let's continue he himself was supposed to perfect islam what is it supposed to mean it means that it was he was the model of a perfected islam it means that when you follow muhammad you were supposed to practice the perfect model of islam i don't know whether you are getting it being the perfecter of islam means that he's the he's the right framework that should express what islam is i don't know whether you are getting it are you following is it clear is the argument clear He's the perf is the model of perfection, or he's the model of the perfected Islam. Prophet Muhammad is the model of the perfected Islam. That means that for you to be able to practice 
Islam rightly or perfectly, you must follow Prophet Muhammad. So it wasn't necessarily that he was the founder or the originator, but he was rather the perfect model of the perfected Islam. He was the perfect model of the perfected Islam. Are you posting something somewhere? He was a, but and what is that Islam? What is that perfected model of Islam? Total submission in an absolute sense to Allah. Total submission. So the perfection of Islam was total submission to Allah in an absolute sense. His perfection of Islam was a total submission to Allah with in absolute sense. In absolute sense. That means that without falling short in any way at all. Because it was possible that all those who came before Prophet Muhammad were not practicing Islam well or were not working in Islam well. So the perfected model was given to Muhammad and Prophet Muhammad becomes the emblem of the perfected Islam. And that perfected Islam was total submission to Allah in, in, in an absolute sense, which means without falling short any way at all. That is the perfected model of Islam. Now let's continue. It is already getting interesting. So now, the question now begins. So the perfection of Islam was a total submission to Allah in an absolute sense. That's what our sister has posted. That's it. And this perfection of Islam was given to, was pioneered by Prophet Muhammad. Prophet Muhammad. It is becoming hotter and engaging. <laughs> it is becoming interesting here. Let's continue. So now, the first question then comes. Does a person consider himself a Muslim because of a set of rituals he follow? No. Does a person consider himself a Muslim because of the kind of name he bears? No. Does a person classify himself a Muslim because of the mode of dressing? No. Why? Because the perfected Islam that was given to Muhammad was in the sense of total submission to Allah. So, being called Abdullah doesn't mean you are a Muslim or doesn't, doesn't define you perfectly as a Muslim. Practicing ablution doesn't clearly define you as a Muslim. Even saying the Kalima Shahada, which is the which is the, the says the recitation you must make before you can be called a Muslim, that is according to Surah 1, verse 1. That was or Surah 1. That is um there's there's there is no God but Allah and Muhammad, the messenger of Allah. Reciting that. The Kalima Shahada reciting that does not necessarily make you a Muslim. Why? Because a Muslim is the practitioner or the follower of the perfected model of Islam, which is total submission to Allah in an absolute sense. 
which means that you are totally submitted without falling short in any way at any time i'm repeating it it means you are following and you are subjected and submitted to allah in absolute sense which means without falling short in any way at any time at any time these things may be a practices we must practice yet that is not the true definition of islam so if like those of you that you are a christian before you came to become a christian you were supposed to confess jesus as lord now that one assuming you confess that and everything like you do the same thing when it comes to islam islam you recite the kalima shahada that's the surah one where there's no god but allah muhammad the messenger of god blah blah blah, blah they are all there and you recite it and all that these are prerequisite that you come so it's like a practice it's a, pra- a practice that we do it's a recitation we do in islam before you can enter the place of islam but does that define the essence of the islam no because islam in its perfected model was what total submission to allah without falling short in any way at any time that is it that's it however it is needful for you to recite the kalima shahada it is needed for you to engage in certain rituals but the there's those set of rituals those names you bear those modes of dressing those things you do those practices you engage in does not define the true essence of islam but what defines is is your ability to remain submissive to the will of allah in an absolute sense that is in thought in word and in deed without falling short in any way at any time that is what we are talking about that's what we are talking about are you following are you following so if this is so then this raises a question of a considerable importance here that means we need to ask ourselves a lot of questions here then which islam did these prophets practice was it the islam that was practiced by the followers of muhammad or the islam that was being interpreted by god that is the total submission that allah was wanted to bring on board because if muslims existed before prophet muhammad or people were muslims before prophet muhammad then it means that what kind of rituals and what kind of definition or what perspective of islam was god giving to them in the quran or what perspective of islam was allah dealing with them because they them they, they didn't recite the kalima shahada they didn't they maybe they were not engaging in ablution well they may be doing that but when allah prescribed islam to prophet muhammad he had perfected it that means there was a standard that was set at that time and we know that the truest essence of islam was total submission to allah so certainly allah expected from the prophet who acknowledged themselves as muslim that there is total submission to his will 
So if you do not submit yourself totally to his will in an absolute sense, in thought, in deed, and in, in word, then it means you are not a Muslim. So they were not Muslims because they were appointed as prophets. They were not Muslims because they, they, they performed certain rituals. They were not Muslims because they carried a particular name. They were not Muslims because of a kind of dressing they were. So whether they were wearing jeans or they were wearing miniskirt, they were still called Muslims. Why? Because they were either, so the, the, the ability to be, our ability to really decide on their, on the, they being Muslims was anchored on the ability and their willingness to submit absolutely to Allah. Are we here? That means that our ability to understand Islam in this light will make us appreciate what Allah wants from the followers of Islam. If we don't understand Islam in its right sense as total submission to Allah, we will not be able to know who a Muslim is and even who is supposed to be the true Muslim. Because the Muslim is the one who works and practices the perfected Islam that was handed over to Prophet Muhammad. Don't forget that the, the, the Quran made it clear that it was a religion to him. That means he himself was subject to the religion. He himself was supposed to be a model for the religion. That means that he must become the model of the religion. And what's that religion? Submission to Allah in an absolute sense. That means that Prophet Muhammad, she's supposed to be a perfected model without walking in every way without anything because he was supposed to submit to Allah. Huh. Are we following? Now let's read something. Quran. Let's go to the Quran. Surah 385. Surah 385. Surah 385. Are, you, are somebody following? I have to be able to cover a lot today. Please, those with the scriptures, help be helping me. Surah 385, quickly. Surah 385. Let's also um, read Surah 262. Surah 385, Surah 262. Please, our time is really moving. So let's let's help us quickly. Or no one is there. Oh. No one is there. Can you hear me at all? Can you hear me? Oh, Surah 385. Oh. Don't kill the fire, I beg you. Surah 385. Is that... Okay, so let me let me try and read. Let me let me read. Um, oh, the one who was posting for us. Oh. Okay, so let me read from here. I wanted us all to see. Oh no, Surah three eighty five, three eighty five, three eighty five. Surah three eighty five. Okay, 
Thank you. He said, and who, who's, whoever seeks a way other than this way of submission, that is Islam, will find that it is not accepted from him and in the life to come, he will be among the losers. Hey, it is serious. Listen, and whoever seeks a religion other than Islam, that is submission to, submission to Allah, will never be accepted. It will never be accepted of him. In hereafter, he will be one of the losers. <laughs> so it means that anyone who accepts any religion other than Islam, and that Islam is submission to Allah, that person will not be accepted of Allah. That means Allah will not accept the person. And the person will be among those people who will be losers hereafter. That means when we leave the earth. When we leave the earth. So no matter what you think you are, if you don't practice the Islam of submission to Allah, you are a loser and you will be rejected by Allah. It's clearly there. It's clearly there. Sunshine, thank you so much. So you can be helping us. So if if anyone seeks a religion other than Islam, complete devotion to God. So you see, yeah, complete devotion to God. It will not be accepted from him. He will be one of the losers in the hereafter. The hereafter is after death. After death. So please be help, hey, helping to add. Can you be helping us with the posting? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So you realize that so uh, is it, are you following are you following the argument here so you realize that it is very very important and it is very very clear that islam uh, quran or allah himself had made a standard that anyone who does not follow this standard of submission to him you will be rejected and you'll be a loser hereafter hmm. does this statement mean that we are required to adopt arabic name to assume a particular position no does this statement because it was clear that for you to be accepted of allah it is your devotion to allah it is your it is your submission to allah not bearing an arabic name so being called muntafa being called abdullah being called muhammad being called yusuf being called Ali is not the definition or it is not the guarantee of your acceptance by Allah, but it is rather your ability to remain submissive, your ability to be and willingness to be submissive to Allah that will make you become accepted, that will make you become part of the witness hereafter. That's the standard here. Another one. <laughs> This one also assumes that it is not a particular certain postures or certain specific direction in prayer that will make you be accepted as Muslim. So, trying to pray directly to a particular direction or praying to a particular direction is not that which defines you to be accepted as a Muslim. No. No. It's, it's what? submission to Allah that is clearly there heaven to earth can you heaven to earth can you post it can you post the, the, the scripture again Quran 385 can you post it again 
it shows that yours have the arabic and the the, the english so we can be able to make the comparison good thank you so anyone seeks a religion other than islam so anyone who practices any religion which what is that religion complete somebody say complete somebody say complete complete that is absolute complete devotion complete submission to allah that person will not be accepted and you will be a loser you'll be a loser so it all other things are just subsidiaries the prayer the names um ablution whatever thing blah 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 all of them are secondary stuff the primary interpretation of acceptance by allah is your submission to allah no matter what you think no matter what you think so if this is our opinion about islam then how do we reconcile the view of the now let's go to quran chapter surah surah 262 surah 262 are you here at all <laughs> the thing that the thing that may not finish you the things i have to explain and i don't know 262 god bless you wow it's working whether they are ones who believe in arabian prophet whether they are jews or christian or Sabian, or who believe in Allah, allah and the last day and do righteous deeds their reward is surely secure with them their lord they need have no fear no shall they be grieved oh ah uh, ah uh, so look at the standard though he said it doesn't matter whether you believe in the prophet from the arabia which is prophet muhammad whether you are a christian or whether you are a sabian or whether you are a buddhist whether you believe in allah and the last day or you do anything good it doesn't matter <laughs> what matters is that you are walking in the submission of islam and when it happens like that you do not have to fear <laughs> so so <laughs> so it, it is not about um, <laughs> eh, eh, it is there so this st above statement clearly shows that being a muslim means more than following a, pre a prescribed cultural and religious practices mm, it is more than that too. it is more than that so it shows that allah does not prescribe religion as an exclusive religion no listen to me what we have read these two scriptures we have read does not prescribe islam as an exclusive religion what do i mean that christian will have to renounce their faith changing their names reciting the kalima shahada and face a particular direction in prayer in order to be called muslims no so islam religion is not an exclusive religion what does it mean it, it is not something that is subjected to a particular practice it is not a practice that shows the the essence of the religion but it is rather the submission that shows the true essence because it is clear that anyone who is accepted by allah is the one who submits completely to allah's will 
So it's not necessarily about what you think you do or what you think you believe in. No matter who you are, whether you are a Sabian, whether you are a Christian, whether you are a Jew, whether you believe in a whatever thing. So long as you practice the total submission to Allah, then you become a Muslim. Become a Muslim. It is getting interesting here. So you don't have to, if you are called Douglas, you don't have to change your name to Mustafa to let you be identified as a Muslim by Allah. No. It's not if you were praying to the West. You don't have to pray to the East in order to be accepted as a Muslim. No. If you are not performing ablution and you are and, and you are performing ablution now, that is not a guarantee to be accepted as a Muslim. Because Islam by the Quran, revealed by Allah, Allah didn't make it a pres- a, an exclusive religion. It was it is an absolute religion, but not exclusive. Absolute means that there's a standard of measurement for somebody to be accepted as a Muslim, for somebody to be accepted in the Islam faith. It is not exclusive. That means that it is not a particular model. It is not a particular thing that makes you so know. All you need to do is to hold on to the submission to Allah and that makes you a Muslim. Are we here? Somebody say submission. Somebody say submission. Oh, I'm not seeing your things. I'm not seeing the postings. <laughs> now, some people think that they achieve Islam by merely facing a particular direction in prayer, which most people do. do so. so people think that because I'm able to face a particular direction in prayer, I am, I am at, I'm fulfilling the demands of Islam. But let's see. Surah 2, 177. 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 Are we here? Oh, where are my Quran people? Surah 2, 177. Are we there? Surah 2, 177. Let's read the first statement. The first statement. Look at you. What did he say? Righteousness is not that you turn your face towards the east or west. Hey. 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 Someone say, hey. Someone say, hey. Righteousness is not turning your face to the east or west. To, to. Let's read Surah 2, 115. Surah 2, 115. Surah 2, 115. Things will happen here. Surah 2, 115. Surah 2, 115. Surah 2, 115. <laughs> Surah 2, 115. Let's let's help it. Let's help me. Please help me quickly. Help me quickly. Okay. 
So he said, to Allah belongs the east and the west. Hey, somebody say, hey. So to Allah belongs the east and the west. Wherever you turn, there is his face. Allah is all pervading and all knowing. Is in the Quran. To Allah belong to the east and the west. The east belong to Allah. The west belong to Allah. So wherever, wheresoever you turn your face, there is the presence of Allah. So if you look to the north, Allah's presence is there. If you look to the south to pray, Allah presence is. If you look to the west, Allah, if you look to the east, because both the the, the east and the west belongs to Allah. Wherever you turn, the presence of Allah is. For Allah is all pervading. Do you know what all pervading means? That means that Allah is not restricted by the emblems of geographic locations or direction. That's all pervading. To pervade means to permeate. That means regions does not define your existence. A particular region, a particular sense of direction does not define you. So Allah is not restricted to the east. Allah is not restricted to the West. He's not the, he's not the God of the West. He's not the God of the East. He's the God of the whole world. So if Allah is the God of the whole world, then that means that he, His presence must be everywhere you turn your face. And that's what this Quran is trying to explain. That Surah 2, 115 said that, To Him belong the East and the West. So if you turn to the West, He's there. If you turn to the East, He's there. So it is not necessarily turning your face to a particular direction in prayer. That identifies you as a Muslim. But it is your ability to submit totally in an absolute sense to the will of Allah. Let's continue. Some people also think that they are Muslim because they wash certain parts of their body before praying to Allah. And, and, and in that ceremonial clean, cleanliness is that which amounts to their righteousness. But let's see what the Quran said, Hey, it's you. Mm. Yeah, please, we are not reading. We are reading Quran, right? Are we in the Quran? Are we in the Quran? Oh. Let's scroll. Surah 5, verse 6. Surah 5, verse 6. Surah 5, verse 6. Surah 5 exists. Surah 5 exists. Surah 5 exists. Are we there? Okay. Oh, ye who believe, when you prepare for prayer, wash your faces and your hands and your arms to the elbow, wash your heads to the water. Wash your feet, your ankle. If you are in a state of ceremonial impurity, bath your whole body. But if ye are ill on a journey, or one who one of you cometh from offices of nature, and you have been in contact with women, and you find no water, then take for yourself clean dust and earth, and rub therewith your faces and hands. Allah do not wish to place you 
Oh, you didn't, you didn't finish. Oh. Allah do not wish to place you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Allah do not wish to lay any hardship upon you. Okay. Allah do not wish to place you in a difficulty, but make to make you clean and complete his favor to you that he you may be grateful. So he wants to purify you and complete his favor upon you so that you may give thanks. So now listen. You realize that in this scripture. A lot of things have been mentioned that before you prepare for prayer, you are supposed to engage in these activities. Look, look at the motive of this activity. It's for you to appear purified. For you to appear what? Purified. So, it, is, it means that the assurance of forgiveness of sins through washing with water is clarified in Islam. Okay, it's clarified with Islam. It's clarified with Islam. So we know that the Holy Prophet said that when a Muslim makes ablution and washes his face, the water carries away all sins committed by his eyes, whether by his hand when he washes the feet. The water carries away all the sin towards which he had walked, and he emerges clears from all the sins. So the part that you wash, all the part that you are washing, are the part that maybe by your activities you have come in contact with sin. And this is what the Muslim understands he is doing when he washes himself before prayer. So, to the Muslim, when you are washing yourself before prayer, then it means that you are practicing complete cleansing. It's like being receiving forgiveness or having the forgiveness of sin. That washing yourself from every sin. But can sin be located on any part? So, so the question now is, do we locate sin on any part of our body? Let's ask ourselves, from all walks of life, whether no matter who you are, is sin located on any part of our body? Can sin be washed with any on can sin is is sin located on any part of the body? So it's possible that sin can be on your stomach and it will not be on your intestine. That means that the part that we are washing are the parts that can be located with sin. All the parts we don't wash are not located with sin. Then there's a problem here. Because I know a lot of people who have evil thoughts. But when they be prepared for prayer, they don't wash their brain. There's a problem here. There's a problem here. Because if that one is there, that we defines cleanliness, then it means that before they enter, before we enter to the place of prayer, we must wash, we must open our head and wash the brain. Because it is the brain that did that brought the evil thought, not the head. And the, the second question we need to ask ourselves is: can it be washed away with water? Is it Ghana Water Company? Or the sea or the river. In which form does sin exist? That's the first question we must understand. In which state 
than sin exists. So we must be able to clearly define where sin exists before we can even thought of cleaning the sin or dealing the sin. And we know that in the works of life, sin originates from the heart. So in the Bible, we got to know that for Matthew 15, verse 19 to 20. Matthew 15, verse 19 to 20. Let's, let's, let's follow quickly. Matthew 15, verse 19 to 20. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what makes a man unclean. And that is true. These are the things that makes a man unclean. So what makes a man unclean is sourced from the heart. Anyone who steals thought of it, it is something that anchored. Any evil thing we do, anything that we do out of anything that makes us unclean, it was sourced from the heart. It, sin is not located on the part of the body, but sin is anchored on the heart. So from this thing, we got to know that the heart is the seat of all evil deeds. And so that means that evil deeds or sin is not included in any part of your body that you wash. That means washing your face, your hand, your nose, your mouth, your ears, your feet is insufficient to make you a Muslim. So the washing all this part is not sufficient to declare you a Muslim and make you accepted as a Muslim. After all, when one flatulates, the ablution is violated and Allah cannot listen to you unless you wash yourself again. Yeah. According to them, so when you are when you are when you are washing and you finish and by some way you flatulate, pion, catch a force. The ablution is violated. You have to start again. Because you can't. So as if it is flatulence that celebrates us from the Lord. So to them, it appears like your flatulence. Oh my God. Your flatulence has the ability to separate you from Allah. It is, it is not sin that God dictates in our life. As we claim to be most. So sin is what Allah doesn't want in our life. Not flatulence. Then if flatulence is part, then it means that when you are washing your face, you must also wash your anus. But we don't wash our anus. Because the anus... But we say that washing every part is important because sin is located there. And as I said, we need to wash our brains and even our anus because according to the Quran, flatulence separates you from Allah and you must wash again when you pass air. So assuming you are doing, you are, you are down ablution and you are about standing up, then all of a sudden, pion, all of a sudden, foosh. It means that you have, at that time, there's a sound of the trumpet. Game over. Let's continue. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 13. Somebody's also open to Isaiah 59, verse 1 to 2. Habakkuk 1, 13. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Yeah. When you bring the trumpet, twee. So those of you that 
yours come, <laughs> yours come like a radio. Pew pew. Pew pew. Some of you, there will be a sound even in your stomach before you. <laughs> before the thing will, before the sound will come out, the sound will begin in your stomach. So some of you, you must even start from washing your stomach. Because some of you begin from your stomach. You'll be there, you, you, your stomach will be boom, boom. Then, as you are about standing from the chair, to boom, to be like, then you close your anus. Then, as you are going, the sound will come again in your stomach. Then, as you are about to stand, you must perform another ablution. Habakkuk 1, verse 13. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrong. That's God. God, eye is so pure that it cannot look evil. So, it is something very serious. Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to see, nor his ear to doubt to hear. But your iniquity have separated you from the Lord. So, it is sin that celebrates. So, it means that who then is considered the Muslim before the Lord? Who then? Who then do we say that the person is a Muslim? Is it the one who have beard? Is it the one who wears a long robe, whether white or brown? Is it the one who touches the ground with his forehead to, to be a sign of submission? If this is what makes someone a Muslim, and if it is this that makes somebody be accepted by Allah as a Muslim, then we have to ask ourselves certain questions. All the people who existed, do they all of them have long beards? No. Can we say that Jesus was a Muslim because he had a beard, because he wore a bro, because he performed a bruising, because he played with the forehead on the ground. In fact, the question is, did Jesus only pray in one way? Always his face on the ground? Did he always wash his feet before washing? Did he also wash his feet before washing the feet of the disciples? When we read the Bible, the Bible said, Luke 22 verse 41, he withdrew about a stone throw beyond them, knelt and prayed. Jesus knelt and prayed. Luke 22, verse 41. On other occasions that he was standing. So there was a time he knelt. John eleven forty one, 41. John eleven forty one. 41. Those of you who are posting, you are delaying me. John eleven forty one 41. Said, then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. So he looked up. He didn't look east. He looked up. John 17, 1. After Jesus did his, he looked towards the heaven and prayed. And prayed. Let's go to Daniel. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel 6, verse 10. Daniel 6, verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got up 
on his knees and pray, giving thanks to the Lord just as he had done before. So here, we got to know that Muhammad also initiated. Remember that Muhammad also initially prayed facing the Jerusalem, not Mecca. So when Muhammad was living in Medina, he was facing Jerusalem when he was praying, not Mecca. So what led him to change his mind? That from today, I won't pray to Jerusalem again, but I would rather pray to Mecca. That was another problem. That's another problem. So you realize that so many activities that we appear that are the emblem and that which defines us to be Muslims are something that are not. The only way that a man or a woman is accepted as a Muslim is seen as or it is seen in your total submission to Allah. Your total submission to Allah. So we need to be very careful about certain things that we talk about. Now, the last thing I want to talk about quickly. The last thing I want to talk about quickly. I have a lot of things to share, but those of you that you are posting the scriptures, because you have delay, you are it's making me have a lot of struggle. I have to I have a lot of things to share, but some of the things. We must see it in scripture for us to really talk about it. Yeah. So, that means that your biological birth does not make you a Muslim. Being born by a Muslim or being given birth to by a Muslim does not make you a Muslim. <laughs> Living with people who are Muslims does not make you a Muslim. Staying in a particular geographical area that Muslims are does not make you a Muslim. Being connected to certain cultural practices and rituals does not make you a Muslim. The true definition of Muslim is total submission to Allah. Total submission to Allah. Let's take some musical interlude. We'll be right back. continue our discussion who is the true muslim who is the true muslim now we are going to do some studies right now we are going to compare all the prophets in the quran and see who was supposed to be the true muslim and who 
becomes the model of the perfected Islam. Are you ready? Are you ready? So we need to, before we began that, we need to understand that Islam is total submission to Allah and only to Allah. We told you that. So anything short of this is something else. And one can only call himself a Muslim only when one is able to submit his will completely to Allah, not to Satan. So if you comp- when you submit your will to Satan or to any other entity aside Allah, you are not accepted as a Muslim. The moment one deviates and listens to the voice of another being, one becomes disqualified as a Muslim according to the standard that has been set by Allah. No matter the practicing of certain rituals in prostrating, in ablution, in wearing certain dresses or in a particular dress code, so long as or as soon as you deviate from complete submission to Allah, you are not a Muslim. It means you are not practicing Islam. Now, let's start. So let's take the first person, Prophet Adam. Prophet Adam. Prophet Adam. Prophet Adam. Let's see. So Islam by its definition began with Adam. So we got to know that Adam, we got, from the scripture we read, we realized that Islam had always been there, okay? But it was perfected to Prophet Muhammad. So that means from the start of the human creation, Islam existed. So it means that Islam in its definition means that Adam was a Muslim. So it means that Adam continued to be a Muslim so long as he continued to submit to Allah. So, so long as you continue to submit to Allah, you remain a Muslim. So, you are a Muslim if you submit to Allah. So, let's, we are going to examine the life of Adam and see if he was a Muslim or and continued to become a Muslim. Don't forget that anyone who practices the religion other than Islam, that is complete devotion to Allah, will be will not be accepted and also be will be a loser hereafter. Do you remember that scripture? Don't forget it. So there's a standard that you must continually remain a Muslim. The day you deviate from the practice of Islam, what's the practice of Islam? Total submission to Allah, you are disqualified and you'll be sent. To the place of losing hereafter now let's see so there was a time adam remained in the garden of eden and as a muslim listened only to the voice of allah until a day satan came in his way then what happened let's see what happened surah 2 verse 36 please those with the scriptures i will need you to be very fast with me surah surah 2 36 there's I, I you got it's a lot of delays from your side so check it for me surah 2 36 sorry surah 2 36 let's see what happened to prophet adam who was a muslim 
Surah 2, our, our dear Muslim Adam. Surah 2, 36, what happened? Then did, then did Satan make them, Adam and Eve, slip away. Then did Satan make them, that's Adam and Eve, slip from the garden and get them out of the state of fidelity, felicity, sorry, in which they had been. We said, get ye down, all ye people, with enmity between yourself. On earth will be your dwelling place and your means of livelihood for a time. Are we here? Are we here? So, something happened to them. Now, let's see something. Surah 7 verse 19. Surah 7 verse 19. Are you following? Surah 7 verse 19. Surah 7 verse 19. It's getting interesting here. Surah 7 verse 19. Adam dwell thou and thy wife in the garden and enjoy its good things as ye wish, but approach not this tree, and ye run into or ye run into harm and transgression. Surah 719. So as a Muslim, Adam should have listened to God. Oh Adam, thou and thy wife in the garden enjoy its good tidings as ye wish, but approach not this tree. Or ye ran into harm and transgression. Then began Satan to whisper suggestions to them. Hey, somebody say, hey. There's a problem here. So you realize that Adam remained a Muslim and must completely be listening to Allah and no one else. His will should have been completely submitted to Allah. This is what we mean by Muslim. This is what god was expecting from muslims so instead of they receiving the instructions of allah and submit to the instructions of allah something happened let's see the 21 let's see the 21 surah 7 surah 7 verse 20 from verse 20 20 let's see then began satan to whisper suggestions to them that's adam and eve beginning opening before their minds all their shame that was sitting from them before and he said your lord only forbade you this tree lest ye should become angels and shed beings as live ever mm. Mm. Be- let's see what happened 22 let's see 22 what happened <laughs> 22 what happened Oh, get me the 22, 22. By deceit, he brought about their fall. Ow. Somebody say, ow. Ow. He brought about their fall. When they tasted of the tree, their shame became manifest to them. They began to seal themselves the leaves of the garden over their bodies. And their Lord called unto them. That's Allah calling. Did I not forbid you that tree and tell you that Satan was an our enemy unto you oh muslim muhammad a muslim adam has failed muslim adam has failed now listen 
are you going to argue that adam was ignorant of the will of allah before he fell he was not ignorant he was aware the assertion that they were ignorant can never be true because they had been given a clear commandment to follow and god's judgment was that let's read surah 20 verse 1 to 1 Let's read something. So most Muslims claim that Adam wasn't was ignorant of the will of Allah before they fell. But this is clear. The instruction was so clear that do not do this. And they listened to the whisper of the suggestions of Satan. And they they fell. But they fell. Let's look at Surah 20, verse 1 to 1. Let's see. The, the posting is really delaying me. I have like less than 20 minutes. I have a lot of time to share. Oh, Surah 20, verse 1 to 1. Surah 20, verse 1 to 1. Surah 20, verse 1. Surah 20, verse 1 to 1. Surah 20, verse 20, 1 to 1. I can read my own here, but I, I want all of us to see the thing for ourselves. That's why. Oh, Surah 20, verse 1 to 1. Oh. Surah 20. Oh. Is that what you are posting? Surah 20 verse 1 to 1. Surah 20 verse 1 to 1. Surah 20 verse 1 to 1. Surah 20, verse 1 to 1. Surah 20, verse 1 to 1. Okay, let me read what is here. Ah, Philip, is that what you are posting? Is it thus? Ah, Surah 20, verse 1 to 1. Okay. Okay. So let's see. Let check. Let's check the last statement. Let's start the last statement of Surah twenty twenty one. It said, "Thus did Adam disobey his Lord and allow himself." Somebody say himself. Allow himself. So it means that it he it was he he he, he decided. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like he didn't know but he allowed himself to be seduced because the instruction was so clear the instruction was so clear so the words of submission and disobedience are never synonymous you can't tell me that submission means disobedience to Allah no therefore disobedience to Allah cannot be seen as Islam nor can anyone who disobeys is worthy to be called a Muslim so no one is ready to be called a Muslim if the person disobeys the will of Allah. And in this instance, we see it clearly that Adam disobeyed Allah. He refused to listen and submit to Allah alone. Instead, he listened 
and submitted to Satan. In light of his action, can we call Adam a Muslim? Can somebody respond? Can we call Adam a Muslim? No. Why? Because why? Because he submitted to another entity other than Allah. I know someone may say that he turned back to God afterwards and God forgave him. However, the fact still remains that Adam did not submit to Allah. He submitted to Satan. And thus disqualified himself from a Muslim before the Lord. That is why. But let's read the Surah 7 verse 24. Let's see what, let's see what happened. Surah 7 verse 24. Look at the statement that Allah made. was so straight to. Look at, look at what 7. Surah 7.24. Surah 7.24. Surah 7.24. Are you there? Now, he said... So, Allah was talking. He said what? Allah said, Get ye down. Leave here. Get ye down. Get ye down. Get ye down. Get ye down. That's my focus. So Allah sacked them from his presence. So the fact that Allah forgave them didn't still change the fact that they submitted to Satan. Then they should have remained there. Why did Allah chase them out if it was just nothing for the instance of they submitting to Satan? So we have realized that although Adam was a Muslim, he could not submit himself perfectly and completely to Allah. There was a time that by the suggestions and ideas of Satan, he submitted to the suggestion of Satan and he failed to measure up to the standard of Allah to be called a Muslim. And because of that, he asked for forgiveness. He asked for forgiveness. In the Surah 723, Surah 723, they said, Our Lord, we have wronged our souls. If thou forgive us not and bestow not upon thy mercy, we shall certainly be lost. That's Surah 7.23. So they, 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 they proclaimed and they asked for forgiveness. So the Muslim in Adam, Adam was tainted. The Muslim that was in Adam was tainted. The Islam that was in Adam was cut short. It, it, it became imperfect. It became tainted with dust. It didn't be reflect the perfection of Islam. So his Islam fell short of complete submission and obedience to Allah. Hence, Satan was able to gain victory in his life according to the vow, according to his vow to take revenge against God. So you realize that when we see the, the path of Adam, Adam at a point in time subjected himself to Satan. And when he submitted his will to Satan, the Islam in him was tainted. 
it it lost its perfection because of that so we can, adam can be called a muslim but adam cannot be called a true muslim because he practiced a different religion what was the religion he practiced the religion of satan he responded to the will of satan and because of that he lost it now let's take the next one prophet moses prophet moses let's examine moses quickly let's examine moses quickly and let's also see what happened are you ready surah 28 verse 15 surah 28 verse 15 so we see that moses in the light also claimed to be a muslim how did he become a muslim was he able to submit perfectly to allah without yielding to satan in his life obviously not because in surah 28 verse 15 we see satan playing tricks on him satan played tricks on moses and succeeded in getting him to act against the will of allah and because of that afterwards he he confessed what did he do and he entered the city at the time when its people were not watching and he found there two men fighting one of his own religion and the other of his foes now the man of his own religion appear appealed to him against the foe and moses struck him with his fist and made him an end with him and he said this is the work of evil satan for he is an enemy that manifested that manifestly mislead so it means that the act that moses did engage in is clearly defined as an act of satan it's a work of satan that means moses who as a muslim one way or the other submitted to the suggestion of satan are you here so the fact is that moses was also flawed down by satan and as a result he also cried for forgiveness let's let's read surah 28 verse 16. surah 28 verse 16. surah 28 verse 16. so moses continued and he prayed oh my lord i have indeed wronged my soul do thou then forgive me so all these scriptures that we read shows that moses as highly regarded as a prophet and as a muslim in islam religion was at a point lost it as a muslim and defiled islam however he could not submit to god fully throughout his life and there was a time he gave it to the devil and satan and satan was able to cause him to listen to him and submit to him and because of that moses also defiled islam in his life the, though these people 
Moses and Adam asked for forgiveness, yet still, it did not change the fact that they defiled Islam. How do they how did they do that? They defiled Islam by not submitting to Allah, but they submitted to Satan. So Islam as perpetuated by the Holy Quran is total submission to Allah. As you have already read, as you already read, as you have already read, as you have already read, as you have already read in Surah 3, verse 85. Surah 3, verse 85. Surah 3, verse 85. So, oh, can we can we get the scripture? Surah 3, verse 85. Surah 3, verse 85. Surah 3, verse 85. Oh, anyone there can help me. Surah 3, verse 85. Surah 3, verse 85. Please, am I connected? Am I connected? Okay. So, it says, If anyone seeks a religion other than Islam, which is complete devotion to Allah, it will not be accepted from him. So any practice, any religion, religion is a way of life, any way of life that do not depict the complete devotion to Allah, that religion will not be accepted. And that person will be thrown into the place of the losers here after. So, the thing is, what qualifies you to be accepted as a Muslim is your complete submission to Allah in an absolute sense, which is you do not fall short of submission in word in thoughts and in deed. And when this happens, that is when we say you are a Muslim and you are practicing Islam. This is the framework. This is the foundation of everything that makes you a Muslim. Not necessarily certain cultural practices. Not necessarily facing certain directions in prayer not necessarily laying your forehead on the floor to to pray not necessarily engaging in other practices which are very important though but the truest essence and what will make you be accepted by allah as a muslim is your subjection your willfulness your ability and your willingness to submit yourself to the will of allah that is what makes you a Muslim. If you are not able to do that, then there's a problem. There's a problem. We have already said 
in the Quran that Prophet Muhammad was declared the perfecter of the religion of Islam. Of Islam. Not because of anything he did. In Surah 5, verse 3, we got to know that the religion of, of Islam was also given to Prophet Muhammad. That means that if there was any point in time that Prophet Muhammad asked for forgiveness or swayed away from the will of Allah, then there is a question mark that we need to find out. That who then? Because we read from Surah 5 verse 3 that this day have I perfected the religion for you. So the religion that most people couldn't perfect, Allah perfected those, that religion to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And if at any point in time, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, failed to uphold and measure up to the standard of total submission to Allah, then it means that Prophet Muhammad or whoever had defiled Islam because Islam is total submission to Allah. So now the question is, who then is supposed to be the perfect model of Islam? Is it Prophet Muhammad or Prophet Jesus? Tomorrow, we shall see who is the perfect model of Islam, which is total submission to Allah. They will know who is the true Muslim to follow. Thank you very much for coming. My name is Mr. Douglas Okankufu. Catch you tomorrow. Bye-bye.